This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we're back in Cincinnati, Ohio today, talking about transformational leadership. Now, you know we've done many shows about transformational leadership. I want you to check it out online, transformlead.com, transformlead.com. My buddy Ford Taylor and his team across the country is making an impact on, on cities, on organizations, on businesses, and, and transforming lives because of what this training is all about and we're here today with another graduate who's putting it into practice and training others in it each and every day we've got bill blaine with us bill blaine's from atlanta but happened to be in cincinnati today so we want to make sure that we pulled him in and heard his story about transformational leadership bill blaine welcome to i work for him oh it's awesome it's great to be here jim and i appreciate the invitation so talk to me before we get into whole transformational leadership and all like i said i want to hear how did you become a jesus follower Oh, it's a great story, and, and I'll, I'll snip it into three different segments for you uh, because they're personal to me in this way. And I was an athlete in high school. My, I was a, a, a family of athletes. Uh, my brothers um, all went to college, and they all played football. One of them went to Georgia Tech, was on a national uh, ranking team. And, and so I, I followed that. I was in high school and felt pretty proud of myself. And, uh, but the Father in Heaven seemed to have a different story for me. And uh, he called me out one night in the in the middle of a February night, starlit night, and uh, a friend of mine asked me to go out there. And I'd been going to church and doing the, the typical religious thing, but uh, didn't really have much concept of who God really was. But that night when I went out hiking, uh, the starlit night, I became scared to death. The, the big macho uh, athlete became a little scared puppy. And uh, God just showed me... Um, Sorry, get a little teary here. It's okay. So you said this would happen. Yes, I did. And yeah. So, so it's really fun. And 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 so God the Father presented Himself to me that night, and I became a Christian and a Christ follower at that point. And um, went on to college right, right after that with the University of Virginia. Ended up playing baseball there. Um, and during that time, God was great to bring me a, a discipler to me. And uh, it was a wonderful guy named uh, Daryl Richmond. Uh, he impacted my life, and he showed me Christ. He showed me Jesus. Uh, he impacted me so much that uh, I named my first son 
nice so fantastic sorry well, what know. a way to honor yeah yeah so so that was beautiful and then um i graduated but i'd been working so much during college I, I put myself through school and and so forth as well as playing baseball and so i decided to take a year off and um worked for a ministry called a christian ministry in the national parks and i was out in yellowstone then i went to new york city working with the director and then went back out the to um, Sequoia National Park as the director there for, for a summer. And during that summer, the Lord decided to show me the Holy Spirit. And so there you go. There's, wow. a, there's another thing. I'm sorry, I, I get a little emotional about these things because they're very personal. But those, that's how I began to know that there is a, a triune God. Uh, he was very uh, sweet to show me those things. And, and during that time, I'm beginning to read the Bible and study and pray and, and so forth. But the magnificence of a relationship with the triune God was, was very important to me. Hmm. So you, you were in ministry even while you were in college, right out of college. How did, but God then moved you into industry, moved you into the marketplace. What's what, does the, that, what does that look like? Well, it's fun that you'd say that. You know, during that experience, when I say about the Holy Spirit, I was learning, you know, some of the things that seemed odd to some people, but it was it became very personal to me. Um, the Lord gave me some insight and some revelation, people might say. And uh, one of those was that he... Uh, had a, we'll call it a business ministry at that time. This was back years ago. I, I say it was last century, and for some of them, it, it was last millennium. Uh, I'm that old. But the the context of it was it showed me I had a had something to work out in my life that had both ministry and business connected. And I didn't know what that looked like. So my initial thought process uh, was to maybe take the avenue of work. And so I went and worked for my dad for a year and I felt like that wasn't the right place. So I felt like, well, maybe I should go to ministry, you know, this bifurcated kind of thing where it's either one way or the other way. It right. couldn't be mixed. It couldn't be that Oreo thing. That's the way I was discipled. <laughs> that they all mix. <laughs> so, so I, I had worked in New York City, so I thought, well, maybe I'll go to Princeton Seminary or I'll go to L.A. and work at uh, or and, and take seminary out there because I wanted to be next to major ministry centers sure. or business centers. And I ended up, it was just a wonderful thing, I ended up in Vancouver, Canada at a place called Regent College, not Regent University, Regent College. It was a beautiful place for me, to, for the Lord to land me. And then I felt settled there that the Lord wanted me to go back to business and learn to live as a Jesus follower in business. And so that's that's where the... the and he the, revealed the, that to you. Uh, again, it's easier to articulate it now versus sure. back then because of the, as you know... The, but you the, felt called to the marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And, and that's something that as I've had to learn. It, it took me a long time to learn it because I didn't have anybody speaking that truth into me, and, and I wasn't asking the right questions. But it's, it's fabulous that the Lord moved you there. Hey, we're talking with Bill Blaine today. He's from Atlanta. Bill, do you want to give a plug to your company? Because I'd love for you to be able to plug your company. Oh, well, you know, using the, the terms that we're talking about here, Jim, it's God's company. He led me to do this, and I'll, you know, I can What's share What's the company this. you're storing? Go ahead. Well, it's, it's New Gates. Uh, and, again, this is the snippet where um, – as I'm trying to do this intentionally, I'm not as good at it as some, but, uh, you know, Jesus said he only did what he, he saw the Father doing. So I've been trying to practice that to see how, how, just like best practices in business, can I do that best practice, you know, in my own business? And so um, I had a, a company called Blaine Construction back, uh, it started in 1990, and it was in this time period was in 2007. And in January 2008, I felt like the Lord wanted me to start a new business. And I said, Okay, what is it? <laughs> and and I talked to my accountant. I said, "Go start us an LLC." And she says, "What's the name?" I said, "I have no idea." 
She says, you need to find a name because we don't know <laughs> how to incorporate it. That's we right. You have to have a name. So, uh, so anyway, I, I went to a church where a, a friend of mine was going to be speaking. And I went to the And when I walked in, I, just, I won't go into all the details, but I really sensed uh, that the father gave me the name New Gates. And I named it that. And um, But for two years, I had, still had no clue what to do because I still had Blaine Construction going at that time. And there's a whole transition piece again, where I, you know, it's kind well, of he a, started transitioning before the crash. He did, and and that's where the beauty of this learning to follow his lead oftentimes will save us a lot of trouble if if we do these things correctly. And and I say correctly, it's it's a it's always a a, a relationship thing here. Um, but that's that's where it started in 2008. But it wasn't until 2010 that that he uh, gave me the keys to to start driving. So what's New Gates all about? New Gates is all about, it's a business consulting firm. Uh, what I'm finding is that I, when I'm driving into businesses, that I'm driving in with leadership development is the start of it. Sure. That's usually where uh, my, my particular passion and uh, skill set uh, thrives. Uh, but in the passenger seat is because I've run a company for 20 years. I've been in over a billion-dollar company that I was a part of in the executive suites of that. Um, that I have the capacity to do the organizational thing. So I, I come in with a, you know, a competency i think that helps that that's pretty uh good and then my secret sauce is having jesus as my great advisor so uh when i meet people i i may not say that to them but i'm often praying for their company and, and he gives me some kind of insights on how to do you make that. It, that secret sauce there's a guy in pensacola florida that wrote the book our unfair advantage unleashing the power of the holy spirit in, our, in the marketplace and, and that really is true so often we don't even think about the fact well the holy spirit really has all the answers we just need to ask the questions well and, that, and this is why i think jesus in one way was very profoundly uh, effective and successful i think in it we call it his three years of ministry but i think he was prepared for that but i think how about his 27 years probably in the marketplace leading up to that exactly and that's the part that i think he he learned a lot about how to to work as we were talking about earlier about romans 12 that he didn't have to worry about being conformed to the world and his patterns were different and he 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 said you've heard it said but i say he was able to make that distinction in patterns and so that's where a lot of us in business don't know those patterns but if we get that secret sauce kind of moving if we can get around some people that can help us move that into a higher place, we'll get a better skill set on how to maybe find those patterns that Roman 12 is talking about. You know, I, I want to get into your experience with transformational leadership because I know that that's had a big impact on you. And I want to talk about how it's impacted you personally and your family and your businesses and now your business coaching, your business leadership development stuff that you're doing. But just talk to me right now in your community of Atlanta, just really quick, 30 seconds. How have you seen God move recently in Atlanta, Georgia? Uh, in the TL form. Nope just, nope, just nope, just in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to hear about miracles in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, then I have to talk about my company a little bit at that, at that point. Uh, TL is a part of it. It's, it's plugged in there uh, really strong. I have a thing called a council table of leaders that I do every other Wednesday. It's a it's a platform. It's think of Camelot's table, and what I'm inviting people, city leaders, business leaders, ministry leaders, to come to this table that are equal in their volume. And authority come to this table, but they all have an equal voice. All right, Bill Blaine, I asked you the question. What have you seen God do amazingly in Atlanta, Georgia recently? You go into this council of... It's called a council table of leaders. Council and table it, of leaders, okay. E- equal leaders coming from d- different segments of the culture, uh, business leaders, city leaders, ministry leaders. Equal, place, and they're all Christians. The, that's the, the calling card. Uh, Jesus is the centerpiece of this. And so oftentimes we're talking about business situations, but, but at the end we'll, we'll begin to say, father, what's on your heart for these people? 
And one day in that situation, I have a lady across from me. She's uh, working with a lot of people up in North Dakota and um, Montana on some mineral discoveries. And, and they're, they've got a, a multi-million dollar company they're running there. She also has a consulting company. And so she's, she's pretty wide open, very strategic. <clears throat> and uh, I look at her and I said, uh, I won't give her a name, but just I, I said, you know, is there something going on with your left lung right now? And she said, she gasped and she said, oh, my gosh. I haven't told anybody for a year, and she's in her mid-50s, um, but her left lung wasn't working. And we, she, I said, can we pray for you right here? Here's a business meeting in my context, and we prayed for her right there. She wrote me a letter a, a week later, and she says, Bill, all the manifestations of this problem has gone away. Now, she was a little afraid to go to the doctor because she would find out maybe it was cancer or something else that she really didn't want to deal with. But the Lord touched her deeply that she had never had a relationship where, where those kind of thought processes of healings and miracles and so forth could, could actually manifest in a business right. setting or even in her own life. And so I, that's just one of the, of the many things that we're beginning to see as we become a little more bold to, to let Jesus have his way with our business and, and, and with our reputation, if we want to put that on the line, too. So The Gospels um, are pretty clear. Everybody that Jesus talked to, where they were never the same again after they inter- mm-hmm. intersected with Jesus. They either ran the other direction or they embraced him totally, but their, their lives were never the same again. And I don't know why we discount that power in the marketplace. It, it's, I'm seeing God do amazing things. Speaking of doing amazing things, let's talk about transformational leadership. Because this is an experience. How many years ago did you get exposed to transformational leadership? Uh, 2011, actually, December 2011. Okay. Seven, seven plus years ago. Well, how did you find out about it? Uh, Oz Hillman. Okay. Friend of yours. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So you went the first time. You've been multiple times, I'm guessing, because everybody I talked to has been multiple times. Well, I'm, a, I'm now a, a trained facilitator and certified. So you've been with it. so multiple, 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 multiple times. And in, in, it's, it's like going to a good movie. You can always find something new to see. All right, so then talk to me. When you went, what did you, ex- the first time, when you went, what did you expect to get out of it versus what you did get out of it? You've probably been to a lot of these things where, you know, you see the performance leadership models out there. And I, I did expect, you know, the one, two, threes and all that, which you do get in, in transformational leadership. You will get the tools in, in order to, to actuate what you're doing. Uh, there were two things that really stood out to me, uh, Jim. One was the authenticity of the presenter. And then two, a lot of the tools I had learned growing up. In other words, they were fundamental, common sense, practical tools that if you just applied them well and in a good order, you would get it. And so marrying those two together, the authenticity of the presenter and, and, and that. So going through that training and, and putting that stuff into action, because a lot of times we, we go to a great conference and we come up with a lot of great ideas and two, three weeks later, they're, they're, they're gone. How did going through transformational leadership impact you personally? There's so many things I could I could tie into. Can I share a story that of just course. is very recent? Um, my wife and I have been married over 30 years. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. It, it is a journey, and, and it is something I think is very important. Give her a shout-out. Yeah, come on. Anne, is, she is a beautiful. matter of fact, just yesterday, she amazes me how beautiful she gets as, as time goes on. It's like, you know, good wine. So... Uh, I'm very excited and envious of my position. So um, that uh, there's one, there's a tool called the six step process of six, six, six step apology. (laughs) Apology. And um, Ann and I, you know, she and I are completely opposites. I'm, I'm very transactional. She's very relational. She's an introvert. I'm an extrovert, all those things. And so communication values are huge. 
but over the years I had learned uh, that I had stepped on her um, listening abilities because I would think I was definitely right. And we could go the TFA route in this one, the change of thought, change of feeling, change of action. I'd learned over the years to learn to be quiet and let her talk. But there were places where I would, because I would talk and shut her down, I, I didn't get any communication, but maybe for weeks because of, of those things. The six-step apology, um, because of the way it's constructed, helps you get to the heart of the matter quickly. And if you're saying it from the heart, they get it. And so, uh, and see, I'll tear up again. Darn, you're good at this. Um, the, <laughs> That's nothing the, to do with me. I was in the backyard doing some stuff, you know, that I knew she would love to do. And I said something to her, and I could just tell by her demeanor that she just, you know, she was going that little flower that just shrunk back up. And I went, oh, my gosh, I've done it again. And... Uh, excuse me, uh, as my tears dropped down here on the thing, um, I just looked at her in the, in the eyes and I said, you know, and I went through the sixth step and I could just tell that she transformed right there. And now normally, again, if you would time measure, it may have taken six weeks before for me to enter back into her world to say, I can trust you again. But within six seconds, just about it transferred. And she says, yeah, I completely forgive you. So your marriage of 30, how many 30, how many years? Oh, you're going to ask me. Uh, it'll be 37 this year. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, that's because... We Ann, got married Ann, when we were 10, so I'm just because Ann's going to listen to this, <laughs> and she's going to go, well, did you get the, did you get the years right? Okay. So it, it, it's impacted your marriage in a big way. What about your kids, your, your relationship with your kids? Kids, definitely. Um, how many kids do you guys have? I have four. Okay. Way and, to go. and one little grandchild. And uh, so it's all coming along. Uh, again, using the... Uh, the social covenant's real big, how we're going to treat each other as we get along uh, in a situation. Um, the the TFA is really, again, a good one. Uh, and your listeners may not be aware of that, but it's this change of thought, change of feeling, and it'll help change your actions and your outcomes. And so learning to, again, similar to Anne, the communication values, learning to be more quiet on mine, which is another tool we have about silence. And so learning some of those helps them to trust me more that I'm not going to walk over them as a father. I may have the right in a sense that I could dominate in the conversation and say, you know, you need to do this or whatever, but it's giving me those skills to transfer it back into, into a holistic uh, situation. And I think they see the authenticity that I mentioned at the start about with Ford uh, the very first time I went. It's that authenticity that impacts every relationship you have now, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. So talk to me. So we've talked about the impact on you spiritually. And by the way, we're talking about Bill Blaine. We're talking about Bill Blaine in Cincinnati, Ohio, but he's from Atlanta, Georgia. And we're, and really we're at a, we're spending a day here in Cincinnati, a couple days in Cincinnati, talking about transformational leadership. And these shows aren't going to necessarily play the day that we recorded them, but I want you to hear constantly about this because every organization in the country, whether it's a business, a church, a city, a, a local government, the national government, whatever, Go, needs to go through this training because it will transform it. Bill, I want to run out of time. You were going to say something, and I'll go back to my next question. But it's okay. I, I will share this. When it comes to, like you mentioned, city leaders just mm-hmm. then, I had to do a six-step with a city manager recently that they want me to bring TL to. Uh, I won't mention what city it is because we haven't made the final uh, transaction on it. But I was late to the meeting due to a, a situation on the roads, and I did a six-step <laughs> With the mayor and the city manager oh and, all, and and just the reaction on their faces, it endeared me to them that I would be that vulnerable at a first time meeting with them. And uh, but that's where the tools again, uh, you have to risk it. Uh, but I think the risk is because it will breed that authenticity we're looking for. You've hinted at the six step apology several different times. Why don't you just review it for people? 
Oh, my gosh, you put me on the spot. Well, well what the, did that apology look like to the mayor? Well, to the mayor, what it did, I think, for, for what all— did it, What did it what, look like? Just yeah. go ahead and tell us what yeah. you said. <laughs> so what I did, see, when I was late, I said, guys, I need, I need to share an apology. Um, but the, the uh, let, me, let me put it in a thing. I, I want to ask for forgiveness. I did wrong. I was late. And I am sorry for that. And so would you forgive me? Or when you feel like you can, and again, for all these people, they're, they're brand new to me, so they, they didn't know this, but I said, when you can, will you forgive me? And then the, and the fifth step that we have is the accountability process. Would you hold me accountable? So the guy that brought me and invited me to that situation, I just turned to him in the room and I said, you're the one that, that brought me here. And would you hold me accountable? You know, if we're going to have another meeting like this, I'm, I'm going to talk to you before I come. And then the sixth one, which again, because they were new to me, they may not understood, but it, it opened up the door for me to do business with them. I think from an authentic standpoint, our question to them is, is there anything else that I've done? That I need, that you need to share with me to make our relationship valuable and and uh, on the same level. So that 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 and after the meeting, two people came up to me and they wanted to to talk with me about that particular tool because they had certain issues in their departments. And, I mean, it's powerful when that kind of authenticity, that kind of transparency is powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's hear some more of that story. Let's hear how transformational leadership and the things you learned impacted your. You, your role in the marketplace, uh, let's hear, have you brought this to your church, where you go in your church? Absolutely. Talk to me how it's, helped, how it's impacted your church. Well, you need to know that in that church, um, I've been going there for a year and I've just joined it. So, okay. But, but the, uh, the guy that's, that's so the over, last church you brought it in, they kicked you out or what? <laughs> you, no, they probably would have loved it too. But th- this particular one, um, the, the ministry leader that I'm working with uh, came to that and, and uh, he's processing that and, and and so it's it's working well there i they're they're an amazing church just to begin with so the, the, it will be an easy fit for them for, to let uh tail come but i'm, I'm kind of new to their game and i don't want to overwhelm them okay so talk to me about the things you've learned and the things you've shared as a leadership development guy i mean you're you're going in organizations under your company new gates you're you're working with leaders because truly if how the leader leads impacts everybody underneath him, whether he he or she knows it or not. I mean, it, how they set the standard, it always falls downhill. So you've been impacting leaders for how many years with transformational leadership stuff? Uh, I started in 2012, beginning this road, as I said before, that in December, I took the first one, uh, loved the material, uh, loved Ford, and began uh, that journey with him. And in 2015, I became a facilitator. Uh, for the materials, and now that gives me the ability to have the depth and breadth to be able to, to share it with with many people in the marketplace. Give me the most unusual turnaround story that you've been involved in be- because of presenting the truth, the biblical, God-centered truth of transformational leadership to an organization. There are a number of places that I, that I intercept that with. Um, the, the key to me is the, is the transition of the heart, Jim, which is a part of the tools we don't we talk about the different ways that individually how we need to change. We spend a lot of the time talking about change and the dynamics of change. But I would say the change of the heart is the biggest thing. The mind often can be changed with metrics and money and whatever else. But if we can get to the heart of the matter. Sure, it's always about the heart. Yeah, and so the, the TL does a fantastic job of that, of bringing them through and begin to awaken them. And it does it sometimes slowly and sometimes it, it intercepts them wildly. Uh, like I, I mentioned uh, at one point with this this large national corporation, um, 
that the, the six step again uh, just happened to be something that uh, this particular guy had a um, uh, would just say a contention with uh, with uh, his CEO uh, for a number of years. They they've been in partnership and. Um, he realized he needed to make amends. He wanted to make it right, but it never felt like he had the tool or the way to do it. And, and that brought it in. And when he made that change, she saw the change in him and she wanted to, to also reconcile too. So they brought me in at that point. And so to me, that, that shifted the whole, uh, the, the local brand. And now it's beginning to shift now the national brand because my friend has gone there. So you're see, you're saying that it is, that, so is it impact uh profitability is oh, that a company easy i just got a letter the other day where uh the influence and again uh the tl materials are important to it you know some of my input is too but but uh absolutely the, the they've seen that the fundamental ways of being able to, to shift an organization particularly with employee engagement with the uh ability to harmonize to get the communication values even down to branding and finding their vision and mission and purpose statements uh, which we have in TL, uh, those things begin to breathe life back in it, and they feel that oxygen coming back into the company, and it makes them more energetic to do that, and you can see that in the bottom line. There's a reason why transformational leadership impacts organizations the way it does, and it's because the focus is on the heart of the person. I mean, it really, I mean, th- you give me your perspective on this, because if I'm wrong, you just tell me I'm wrong, um, because I have no problem with that. T- in my perspective, from the training that I've received under transformational leadership, it, first of all, it puts value in the person, not the product. So not what they're producing, but the person themselves, which then gives them motivation to produce a better product. But it puts value in the person, and it helps them deal with, gives them great, uh, as you call them, resource tools, but it also helps them deal with some, like some of the hurt, some of the woundedness that mm-hmm. they have. I mean, what have you seen? Well, it, if I can be quite honest with you, Jim, just meeting you today, I can see that it's had an effect on you because of the way that you've even talked about it, that it's that it's making an impact to you and, and to you and Martha. To me, that's one of the holistic things. That if we can get this even into the home, which it can do, uh, these tools, one of the things I love about it is the tool belt. You don't you don't have to take it off in your, and leave it in right. your car. You can bring it out right into your house like you were sharing about how's it impacted my family. Um, so, so TL, from that standpoint... Um, is, is effective in, in all it's doing uh, in the way of um, the, the financials with people, but also from the standpoint of the human behavior, the heart. We do spend, if it's a two-day uh, curriculum, if, if the, somebody does a two-day training, usually the first day is oriented towards the individual. Uh, and what that does, it helps that person begin to realize they need to change. That's often the, the problem. And particularly as, I, as I've dealt it in my own company, when I'm talking to the leaders, uh, the, the, it's usually they're stuck on something. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means there's something in, internally in them they need to think through. And that's where TL helps them to think that through. We give charts and some diagrams for them to, to encounter and to interface with. And that sets them up for the next day, which they often love, which is more about the corporate and the, and the teams. And systems. when you say TL, we're talking about transformational leadership, which you can find online at transformlead.com. That's transformlead.com. But the beauty of this when you talk transformational leadership, who is a leader? I mean, in, in the eyes of the leadership of transformational leadership, who's the leader? Well, you know that definition probably by heart, too. Uh, if you have influence over one person, we say that, that you're a leader. Because a lot of people tune out when they hear, well, I'm not a leader. Yeah. But yet there isn't anybody on this planet that isn't a leader. Well, Jim, and that's a perceptive thing. Um, when I used to talk to my kids growing up, I'd say, you're a leader. And they said, no, I'm not. But if I'd have had this definition to help them. I probably would have helped them see that 
just being over their little brother would have, would have helped them. So you're a leader in that. And, and so this is, this is why I love the practicality and the fundamentals of this, that, that they're not pie in the sky. They're not just for CEOs. It, this is uh, for the workaday guys, the, the workaday girls. Uh, you can use this at any level. Yeah, I mean, this is for the everyday worker, for, no matter what level they are, whether they're yep. digging ditches, selling used cars, or, or leading a, a big corporation. It's for everybody because it is transformational, and it's really about heart transformation. It, it is. And, and it's, it's, it's the beauty of it. It's sometimes, I think, sometimes uh, subliminal in, in our presentation when we talk about TL. Right. Is it, it, but I think this, what I use in my own company, I think the heart is the heart of the matter. But it's people. subliminal because it's truth and the world has rejected truth. But when they see this truth, they get it. It doesn't matter that it's from the Bible. But when, when do you ever have people ask you, like, where's this stuff come from? Do you ever have that, people ask you that question? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun one, uh, particularly when you, you know, if you, most of us like to discover something secret to ourselves and kind of like, hey, we're the smart guy. We, we just learned a new tool. And that's where I find that the TL tools, they get it. And, and now they're really excited about it, and they, and they do ask that. They wonder, well, where in the world did you guys come up with this? And, and of course, you know, Ford's got a dynamic way about him that, you know, he's been in the marketplace for a long time. He's taken a company that was just small and then took it to, to Wall Street. So there's some, some acumen there that you can say, well, he was crafted all that. But then you realize, no, he, he backs out of the way of that and says, can I show you Jesus? And that's where this whole thing, and then you go, the reality is, oh, my gosh. So the God that made the world— actually made these tools for us Ford has just repositioned them very well for the, our current culture and so uh it's just it's beautiful to see that gosh life can be this simple talk to me about how you're seeing transformational leadership impact cities well now there you go uh Ford is probably better for that I'm just at the newbie okay, uh, but what have you seen um well working with some of the city managers and, and city leaders that I'm working with uh I see that's happening uh, where I am uh, I can see how this can work very well uh, within city governments now that I'm becoming more understanding of, of their needs and, and services. So I can't say that I've yet been able to, to watch it go from start to finish. Mm-hmm. In a, or I, We don't want it to finish, by the way. <laughs> we want it to continue to grow. But I, I don't have – I would say that. I know Ford's worked well here in Cincinnati. Talk to me about connecting your faith and your work. You've been a marketplace guy for a very, very long time. And you're and you're really you're discipling people. They call it what did you call it? You called it leadership development, but which is really just discipleship. You're discipling leaders. Mm-hmm. How do you and, and do you get often are they always Christ followers that you're discipling, or are they sometimes non Christ followers, pre Christians? I'm gonna answer that I I'm gonna if I got permit, can I you can I walk something back here want. a second? I'm gonna so walk back a second. It's about what Jesus is doing in your life, you go ahead you, and share it. Let me just share the vision that I have uh in a nutshell. I've be, I'm ready to go if the White House wants me to come up there or Ford, whatever. I'm ready to take this thing national. I, I think we can do this in a lot of ways in a lot of cities. So so this isn't a small vision. It will work for our nation, if that's okay. <laughs> I would, and we would all love to see it. It's see selflessness, authenticity, vulnerability demonstrated from the top down on both sides of the aisle, people. Amen. Amen. Uh, and the independents. All right. So, but talk to me about going as you mentor and disciple people, how do you encourage them to connect their faith in their work and, and how it should impact everything about their organization? 
I can go back to the Hebrew model of this, okay. which I, I love. I, I went to seminary for a year, and, and just in which a seminary quick, did you go to? Uh, it's called Regent. Okay, un, oh, college. One connected the, the, what, to the Regent the, University. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not connected to Regent oh. University. It is up in Vancouver. Uh, it's a beautiful place uh, to to study. The one of the words that I learned there was a, was a kavod about uh, which is worship in its Hebrew context, but it also means to work. It's 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 got that connection. The Avada. Yeah, Avadad, there you go. And that Avadad takes that word and makes it more powerful to see that you can be holistic. Whatever your work is can be worshiped to God. It can live it out that way. And and we've lost that in the in the Greek mindset, if you were, uh, in, in the New Testament and so forth, that we, could, we think we have to be uh, compartmentalized. And I think the way God intentionally, the way a lot of theologians will talk about that the Hebrew model often is the way God lived, and so we've forgotten that. So I would say that that's where I would start with a lot of people that are saying, you know, God made us in his image and he made us to work and to live holistically. And so you don't have to be compartmentalized in that regard. And that's not that's that's just one way that I would start that conversation. Um, but uh, oftentimes with executives, I'll say, do you want a simpler lifestyle? Let me show you a different way. And let's see if we can get you holistic, bringing Christ into the workplace because it's going to make you be a more productive, efficient, effective person and, uh, and make them have a de- better day. And I'll, and I'll share this real quick. If they want a Ph.D., love their wives because that will teach them servant leadership. If they want a master's in business, then just work with your family. Those two elements right there, if they can work that, they can transport that anywhere they want to in a management and leadership position. Bill Blaine, thanks for coming on iWorkRim. How do people find you online? What's the uh, website for New Gates? NewGatesLLC.com. NewGatesLLC.com. Bill Gates. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Gates. I'll How take I? it. Bill Blaine with New Gates. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks again for being on iWorkRim. Bless today. you, Jim. Thank you, too. Oh, it was a lot of fun. You listen to iWorkRim. I am your host, Jim Brangenberg. As we are talking today with a couple of transformational leadership participants from today, we're in here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I've got Todd and Dora Dawson. These guys are. have just gone through your first day. Dora, ladies first. Talk about the experience. Why did you come today to hear to experience transformational leadership? I came today because uh, the pastor of the church that's hosting the event told me that we pastor should Jerry. come. Pastor Jerry. Pastor Jerry Colbreth okay. told me that we should come. And I'm so glad that he told me we should come because it's like Christmas in April. It's like Christmas, birthday, Mother's Day in April. Uh, the teaching is... Well, don't worry that yet. I just okay. want to know why you okay. came for it. We're going we're okay. to get to that. We're going to okay. get that. I know you're excited. So excited. You're excited to share stuff. Okay. All right. Todd, talk to me about your experience today. What, first of all, why did you come? Uh, same reason uh, that she explained, Pastor Jerry. He didn't uh, ask us if we were going to attend. He told us that we, we should attend. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And it, it was put in such a way that it was, it was a command, but we took it as that and are glad that we took him up on this opportunity to uh, join in in the Transformation Leadership class. It's been awesome. Transformational Leadership can be found online. If you want to find out what they're talking about, go to transformlead.com, transformlead.com. All right, Dora, now you can talk. (laughs) Give me your number one takeaway, the biggest biggest takeaway today. There's so many. Oh, you got to pick one. Oh, my goodness. Why don't you turn to page 29 and look up those notes? I'm just, oh, I was kidding about page 29. That was the one. We're, we're, we're all sitting together today, and Dora wrote the wrong notes on page 29, which is why I'm picking on her about that. All right, seriously, just, just don't even look at your notes. Okay. What was your biggest takeaway? What was the biggest aha the, the six-step apology. Talk to me about that. So much can be accomplished with the six-step apology. Um, 
just acknowledging that you were wrong, um, uh, not blaming anyone for your mistakes, owning your mistakes, and um, holding uh, yourself accountable not to make that mistake again. And if you do, someone you know will let you know, and then you will go forward and 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 not do that again. The goal is not to do that behavior again. So, um, so that really impacted you. Yes, because that's something I think that everyone should be taught, no matter where you come from, how old you are. Okay, that All should right. be required. I, I liked it. Now, Todd, what was the biggest mm-hmm. takeaway for you? The six-step apology, but also the love languages. And he talked about the different five different love languages, and just for me to go through and try to identify what my five love languages are and to identify what Doris. Well, you got a top one. We all have five. There's five choices, but what did you come up with was your number one? Mine was number three, I think. Because you got quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, uh, gifts, what and what's the what, – I always forget the, the acts of acts service. Of there you go. So there which one go. was it? Actually, mine was acts of service. Okay. And then my – Lowest one was gifts. Okay, that's very common. Mm-hmm. Dora, what was your number one? My number one was a quality time. Oh, okay. So you guys have been married, you said 23 years, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so acts of service and quality time. So is Dora always saying to you, Todd, we just don't get enough time to spend together? She does. All right. And is Todd always saying to you, but, you know, could you do this for me? Always. Or, yeah. Okay. So that's how it plays out. Yes. I mean, it's, it's all that. That's Absolutely. really cool. So understanding that now, l- let's talk about the application of that to your marriage. And we'll talk about workplaces in your marriage. So the six-step apology, how is that going to impact how you guys move forward? You've already been married 23 years. That's a really long time. You've got three kids. How is the six-step apology going to change the way things are going on in the Dawson household? Okay. Todd, you've got to lead out. You're the I'll start leader. on this one. So. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the there church. You go. How's that going to change? For me, I'm going to apologize and keep the if-then statements out of it because I think that was my biggest takeaway from the apology is to really just own the entire process. And, and I say, if I made you feel like, you know, I'll just apologize, you know, using, utilizing those steps and just really own you know, what I've done and acknowledge and ask for her forgiveness. Mm. Dora, how's the six-step apology going to impact you? It's going to make it easier because I don't have to think of creative ways to try and say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I got it already laid out in front of me. You know, so it's, it's a refrigerator a, thing. You're going to yeah. put this on the fridge? <laughs> I'm going to put it in several places. <laughs> <laughs> where, do you, where, where do you find you having more arguments? The refrigerator or the, or the bedroom? Or, you know, in the car. The car. Oh, talking yeah. to each other in Directions. the car? In the car. Directions. Okay, well, that's, that, that is... Ever since the universal, car has right? come out, that is the universal. Absolutely. Right. It, it spans the ages. Yeah, okay. So... How do you think the six-step apology is going to transform how you and Todd interact? It's going to transform it because I'm, I'm more aware of this process is a process that prove, that's proven and works. Sure. And therefore, I'm going to trust it and just continue to do it, not only with him, but with my children as well. So I, I'm going to go back and apologize to my children using this process and not saying, I made you feel this way, just owning up to what I did and right. that I'm apologizing for. So That's very cool. Okay, so then 
Do you see, as we're talking about transformational leadership, again, you can check it out online, transformlead.com, transformlead.com. we got Todd and Dora Dawson sitting here from Cincinnati, Ohio. You got anybody? Shout out. Shout out to your kids because they're going to get to hear this broadcast. Hey, Danielle, Makai, and Michelle. All right, there you go. Hello, everyone. That's right. <laughs> Look at that. Just hello. you got a great radio voice. There you go. All right, so talk to me about how you think it's going to transform the way you interact at work. Now, you're only done with day one. You haven't got day two yet. Sure. Uh, but day, from what you've seen, Todd, how do you think this is going to impact your workplace? For me, it's going to change how I approach difficult people, to be honest. And that's really one of the things that I was looking for when I came to the course, uh, when they asked, you know, what are you looking to get out of it? For me, it's just how do I deal with difficult and and challenging people? You're in the insurance world. There's difficult and challenging people in the insurance world? Are you talking customers or underwriters or those customer service people? All the above. (laughs) Okay. Just depends on which day. But yes. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Whether it's a Monday or a Friday. Okay, so how many six-step apologies do you need to execute in your workplace? Wow. Do you I'm, have some that you got to work on? I'm going to have to really think think about that, but I do have several. Pray about to do. that. And then, and then uh, for my family is what I originally thought about. But Kids or your brothers, sisters, mom and dad? Kids, wife, and my mom. I mean, my dad. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Okay. Now, Dora, what about you? What, what's it, how does this impact your workplace? Well, I'm currently not working. I'm at okay. home. So. <laughs> Sometimes that could be the hardest <laughs> job of all. Okay, so, so well, let's just switch it to the neighborhood. Yeah. How, how does this impact you, you and your neighborhood? I think that I'll apply it to the community at my church. Okay. Yes. Um, sometimes I'm very frank. And That's I, why we got along so I, well. I say things, I say what I think, and I can frame things better. And uh, sometimes I'm offensive when I say what I say, even though it's true. So I, I need to apologize for um, the way that I have said things. So, yes. So you, you, you use a two-by-four when you talk to people as well. Yeah. I, I like that. No, you know, here we had a club. It's called Knuckleheads for Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't mean yeah, anyway. Okay, so let's go. Let's talk about the application of this to community. Church community is one thing. How about are the greater community? How long have you guys lived in the neighborhood you guys live in? Twenty. Uh, so a long time. Yeah, a couple, yeah. couple of decades. Yeah, sure. How do? What was one thing you learned today that you can apply to how you interact with neighbors? Really, this I is think, radio. You guys got to actually talk. I know. Yeah, I, I know. Say, really, I, I would think, as far as uh, interacting with our neighbors, just being more open to, you know, go and communicate with our neighbors, and just, you know, just sharing really the love of Christ, and that's what we're supposed to do. But being more open to do that would, would be what, what I would uh, think would was one of the things we would do. What were you going to say? First Dara? impressions. <laughs> First impressions is really big. So. Um, Thinking about my frankness and how I approach people, um, because I might not have the chance to make it up. So, right. yeah. Well, isn't it amazing, though? You know, you just heard the entire first day. Fort Taylor didn't quote a single scripture, but all you got was biblical truth all right, day long. Right. And there were people Absolutely. in that room that don't know Jesus that were getting that same truth. Right. How can somebody walk away from that and not be impacted by that truth? Is it even possible? It's not possible. It's not no. No. So you would say that anybody listening should want to go through a transformational leadership day. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you, they didn't talk about it much today, but there's TL online, 
TL on demand, excuse me, tlondemand.com, where people can get transformational leadership or the backup to it on the internet. And so that's something people can check out again. Todd and Dora Dawson, thank you so much for just sharing a little bit. I know it's really quick, but thanks for sharing a little bit about your experience. Oh, you're most TL. welcome. And you'd recommend it. People should go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. the best, you know, it's a It should be advice. mandatory. What do you mean it should be mandatory? It should be mandatory for anyone who wants to have an impact in any relationship. How about that? Wow, that's Absolutely. powerful. Mandatory. So you're going to go back to your church and say, Pastor, all small group friends, th- this, they got to go. I'm a walking commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, Todd and Dora Dawson, thanks for being an I work for him today. Thanks I for really having me. Thank you. It. Appreciate all right, it, Jim. So make sure you check out Transformational Leadership Online, TL, excuse me, TL On Demand, and transformlead.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. In my workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.